Before the advent of the printing press, idea duplication in the Western world was pretty much cornered by monks and monasteries, sitting down, mass writing ideas, writing them again and again and again for people to distribute. In the 1950s, 95% of the massly distributed information was controlled by 0.05% of the population. Those were people who worked in newspaper, radio, television, or had ability to write or edit massively distributed books. Now, over 70% of the world's population can use the internet to share any idea or information that they wish to disseminate. Some of it's information, a lot of it's opinion, and some of it's just good old fun cat humor. How we consume it has changed dramatically as well. Anytime we need to make a decision, we run to the internet. Siri, should I leave my husband? I'm sure I don't know. But oftentimes, it's up to us to make the decision whether or not the information we find on the internet is valid or just pure conjecture from somebody who really has no business publishing on the internet. Kind of like me. My name is Herberto Gonzalez. And I'm Michelle Coronado. Those aren't our real names, because this is the internet, and we don't have to use them. But this is The Internet Says So, a show where we pick a topic at random and report back every bit of information we can find on the internet about it. Now I'm going to turn on our big randomizer, and um, Michelle, I need you to tell me a number between 1 and 15,072. Ooh. 13,021. 13,021. 13,021. 13,021. Today's topic is voicemail. We're now going to shut off the microphones and feverishly research voicemail for 20 minutes and then report back everything that we can find about it on the internet. See you soon. A is for academics, B is for beer. One of those reasons is why we're not here. So leave a message. You've reached the number you've most recently dialed. Please leave a message. After the tone, leave your name, number, and tell where you left the money. I'll get back to you as soon as it's safe for you to come out of hiding. Hello? Oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah, not really. Oh, I'm just kidding, man. This is my voicemail. Leave a message. Hi, I'm probably home. I'm just avoiding someone I don't like. Leave me a message, and if I don't call back, it's you. All right, good. So we started it off with a, a few. We both went immediately to uh, funny voicemail greetings, which I, I don't think most people use anymore. I think most people just leave it to the default of you've reached the number of XYZ, XXYZ. I don't know. When you call somebody, are you finding that they leave? Uh... I at least, I would say at least 75% have the default. Yeah. I can't, I don't even know how to change it on my phone. I've got the visual voicemail on my iPhone, but I don't know if like there's a different plan with T-Mobile that I need to get or what. But No, I think you just I can don't... record. Hold on just a second. Let me see if I can. Record. See, no. Voicemail. No, it's lame. All, All right. the young people that I know have, you've reached the voicemail box of. So, leave it, leave it your number. Cause then... 
All right. So what did you find out about voicemail? From voicemailoffice.com, I found that voicemail was invented by a man named Gordon Matthews. Did you find that? I did not, but continue. Oh, okay. Well, he went on a business trip. And he kept trying to call his office in 1979, kept trying to call his office and played phone tag back and forth and they could not get a hold of each other. So he got home and he told his wife, I need to come up with a solution for this. So he actually put a little company together called VMX for Voicemail Express and they got the patent on it by 1983 and then they sold to 3M. Okay, so that fits in with what I, the history I found, but it fills in a gap for me. Because what I was seeing was, hold on, let me take a look at this real quick. Um, what I was seeing that it was there's kind of three different stages of voicemail. Um, one was just what you would, um, there was nothing, right? Um, hold on just a second, let me find this. All right, so um, started off with a message desk or a message center, and that was a centralized manual answering service. So basically, it'd just be like a secretary um, that would, your call would get forwarded to. And this is this would be this would be in big offices uh, when people were out. Um, the operator would see that a light kept ringing and nobody was picking up, so somebody would press a button and say, "This is the message center for." IBM, how can I help you? They'd take a message, they'd relay that message back. So that's why people still refer to their voicemail as a message center. And then in the 1970s, a lot of these companies started using pagers or beepers. So basically they could page or beep after the after the operator took the message, they could page or beep. And then it developed into quick five second things with probably the company you were just talking about. What was the name of that company again? Voicemail Express. Voicemail Express. What's interesting, though, is that a guy named Robin Elkins, who was a musician and a scientist, um, he had the patent on digital audio recording, and he has gone around and sued all of these companies for a lot of money because they obviously all use digital audio recordings. To take care of all that stuff. It's like a patent troll. Hmm. Yeah. So one of the other things that I thought was interesting is kind of when voicemail first came about is they, it was very expensive. So it was kind of just up to large companies to, you know, or they were the only ones that really could afford it. So, uh, somewhere along the line, it was converted to be PC capable and that made it more affordable for people. But that got me thinking, what about the answering machines, which I always thought was voicemail. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know there was a difference. Yeah. So I looked up the difference between an answering machine and a voicemail because growing up we had an answering machine. But I guess we did not have voicemail because an answering machine is essentially just an analog device that plugs into the phone. And you have to be there with the phone to hear the message. Yeah. But the whole... I guess appeal of voicemail versus an answering machine is that you can call a voicemail from anywhere. See, I thought you could with you're talking about the tape ones, right? Any yeah. Some of them. Or they were tape and then they were digital after a while. So I thought you could call if you called your own number and punched in a code, maybe 
I think you're thinking still of, of voicemail. Of yeah. Huh. And cell phones. So when so uh, it could be thinking of a cell phone. Because when we were like teenagers, that's when you could call. That was I remember checking my voicemail by calling my own number and typing in my from your cell phone code. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Or I could call my cell phone number from elsewhere and check my voicemail. And then I was blown away with visual voicemail. And I got to be honest, I'm still kind of blown away with it. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready to hear about the future of voicemail? Proceed. So, I was reading on HowStuffWorks.com that there is basically a voicemail that is trying to detect the caller's emotions when, you know, through the message so that it can warn the recipient Ooh. Before they hear it. Or, well, and a lot of times, too, we don't even listen to the voicemail. We just call back, right? So you leave a message and you say, and I just say, oh, so-and-so called, and then I call her back. But if I could, if I could, I would, that would, what if it gave you like a green light, red light? Yeah. Like, oh, she's in a good mood. Let's give her a call back. Don't even worry about it. Hey, what's happening? Right? Mm-hmm. But like, if it's a nasty message, then I can listen to it and be like, oh, okay. Let me strategize. Or, you know what would be really cool is if while it was recording, I could be like, oh, okay, it looks like she's in a good mood. I'll pick up. Hey, how's it going? Oh, like old school answering yeah, machines like, back to that where yeah. you could screen, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, How far away is that technology? I have no idea. I didn't. It'll it be said, here tomorrow. It's just said it's a cool thing that's happening. So uh, That then, just means that it was, somebody had an idea. And then they just... Probably. Yeah. And then the other uh, kind of technological advancement in voicemail is it's kind of, well, and maybe it's not the advancement, but kind of the uh, decline of it. It's not... People aren't using it so much anymore because how many voicemails I saw that as well. Did you see that one from TechCrunch? Yep. And the new app? Mm-hmm. That... So it... Sends calls. You you just download the app and you set up your number to basically go to a third party. No, it's just a kind of a dump line, and it rings and rings and rings and rings and rings. And then basically the goal is to get the person to be so annoyed with sitting there waiting that they then send a text. Well, and I at my last job I had a system where if somebody left me a voicemail, it would convert it into text and send me an email. Which I really liked. Oh, was it an app or was it no, just no, no, the voicemail it was, system it, did So that? it didn't do it for my cell phone, but it was for my office phone. They could hmm. call and it would be so-and-so called and then it would be, you know, it wasn't perfect, right? They would jumble up all the words, but at least kind of if I'm sitting in a meeting, I could sit and read it and know if I should be stressing out or not. So I guess it was a lot like that emotion one you were talking about. Well, kind of, but it is nice to get it in an email. And basically, you get I get a better response. I have to call a lot of people and leave messages for them. Yeah. And I get a far better response if I text them. So Texting's easier to reply to. Way easier. And you can keep it short and sweet. And, you know, you pretty much can respond at any point. So it seems that the point of all of this is that voicemail is kind of going away. But it's... I have a hard time believing that it'll entirely go away because we have a lot of people still. I mean, if you look just at the workforce, it's kind of split. Yeah. 
baby boomers aren't going to text a job applicant. No. But I'm sure there are tech companies that communicate solely electronically with job applicants. No, I think I think you're seeing that all over the place, but for whatever reason, I don't know. I, you're you're absolutely right. It's funny because you know with a with a voicemail <clears throat> with a voicemail you can kind of be like you know you can get your message across with the tonality you want. With any sort of text, you don't have any don't have any tonality. So is this person being friendly? Are they being nice? Are they being grumpy? Are they being mean? Right? It's just like call me can be read call me. Or call me. But for whatever reason, text messages don't get to me as much as emails. Hmm. So maybe we should also research the emotions behind different kinds of communication. I would be really interested to learn that. I'm going to put that in the randomizer for future episodes. Okay. Um, What else you got? That's it. All right. I came across um, some fun... Uh, voicemail strategies for salespeople. Salespeople, well, I guess nowadays they're probably leaving a lot more emails, but they leave a lot of voicemails. And there was one that was really practical that I liked, and that was, hi, so-and-so is repeating the phone number, right? Because people want to write down the phone number to call back, but if they don't grab a pen in time, a lot of times by the time they get a pen in hand to write it down, it's already... You know, the voicemail's already over. So you say the number twice, which I like. So instead of, hey, this, hey, so-and-so, this is so-and-so calling you about such-and-such, give me a call back at 555-5555, and yada, 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 goodbye, right? And then they've got the pen in the hand, they don't know what to do. But this, if you repeat it twice, 555-555, and again, that's 555-555. It gives them time to get their pen and write it down. I liked that a lot. And one that's kind of a shady sales technique um, that I think everybody should try is leaving the mystery message, right? So if a salesperson calls and says, hi, such and such, this is so-and-so with what and what, and I really wanted to talk to you about this, give me a call back when you get a chance, the person hearing the message can go, ah, it's just an annoying salesperson, I'm not going to call him back. But if you leave the mystery message... And the mystery message is this. You call and you say, hey, so-and-so, this is so-and-so. My number is 555-5555. I heard you're the person in charge of, and then you hang up. 65% of the time, the person will call you back. So I was going to say, there's a strategy that's similar, except for they've started the message. Uh Uh-huh. So I've received those before. Okay. Where it's. You know, I press play and it's, and we're calling to see if we can lower your credit score. So we'd love to talk more with you kind of thing. There, there, it's always about lowering a credit, or no, not lowering a credit score, improving a credit score. Or something like, along the line. Whatever. But the whole premise, I didn't know people actually used that. That's shady. But the whole premise of it is, is that people are going to be naturally curious to learn more. So they're going to uh, follow up with it before they even make a decision as to whether or not it's something that they actually want, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's pretty much all we have about voicemails. Fascinating topic. Um, we're gonna Way more interesting than I expected. Way more interesting than I expected. Voicemail. 
Now you know. And tweet us if you've got any ideas that we should throw into the randomizer at internet says so one. That's the number one. Again, that's at internet says so one on Twitter. Um, and also remember to tweet us pictures of your bibliography if you actually use a fact you heard on this podcast. And uh, the first person to do that will receive a $25 Starbucks gift card. And only the first person because I only have one. Thank you. Talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs>